0: of a three-week uh, series on peacemaking. And last week, Vanessa gave us a great overview and refresher on p- peacemaking. And she highlighted many of the ways that you and our church are doing everyday peacemaking in your workplaces, your schools, your communities, your families. She also left us with some practical reflection questions to help us step in uh, more into our identity as peacemakers. She also gave us a definition of peacemaking and we're going to look at that again together this morning and that's kind of going to direct um, part of the message so if we could have that definition up on the screen so this is the definition that vanessa left us with last week so peacemaking is partnering with god in the work of restoration by giving of ourselves for the flourishing of all creation so there are many people in the world who are working towards peacemaking uh, People that are giving of themselves to reform the criminal justice system or to reform and create more educational equity. Those providing dignity and resources to those experiencing homelessness. Uh, People that are fighting against the effects of climate change and the effects that that have on people, actual people in the world, especially in the global south. There are people that are working uh, with children who are not able to be with their biological families and are, are in the foster care system The list goes on and on and on of people that are doing great work in this world to make a difference, to make an impact and to bring about peacemaking. And I believe that all people being created in the image of God have this desire in them to seek after God and to do good and to bring this peace into the world. For those of us though that follow Jesus, um, we are aware of this element of this definition of the partnering with God. And other people, I think, are actually partnering with God, even if they don't recognize it. Um, But we have this ability to recognize that it's a partnership with God. And I think that that then results in a different kind of giving of ourselves and a different kind of peacemaking because we recognize that it's a partnership with God. It's just not coming from our own um, selves. In Galatians 5, verses 22 and 23, Uh, We read uh, some verses that might be familiar to some of us. But the Holy Spirit produces this kind of fruit in our lives. Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. Now, for those of you that might have grown up in the church like me, you might have a a flash vision of some cheesy flannel board with multicolored fruits, with the the fruits written on them, right? Right? Um, we might have songs about the fruits of the Spirit and what that what that looks like. Um, but I want us to look at this with new eyes this morning, if we can. And I want us to really think about what it would look like in the world if people that claim to follow Jesus, if Christians, if you and me were marked by these nine things, if our lives were overflowing with these virtues. So I want us to actually look at these these words and i want you to close your eyes if you need to if you can stay awake while you do it and think about what the world would really look like if those of us that claim to follow jesus were really marked by these things and try to get the the cheesy versions of these words out of your minds and really think about what these words would look like and what the world around us would be what do you see what do you envision I see flourishing, this, this part of our peacemaking definition that lives are flourishing. If people were marked by these things and interacted with their coworkers and their families and their friends, if they went into their workplaces or their schools or their homes as they, they stepped out of bed, if we engaged in the conflict and the challenges around us and the, the hardship and the heartbreak, marked by these things, I think that people would flourish. Businesses would flourish, schools would flourish, communities would flourish, the physical world around us would flourish if these things were were what were really identifying and marking us. The work of peacemaking would naturally result from lives bearing the fruit of the Spirit. But here's the thing about these virtues. We can't work for them. We can't manufacture them. It says the Holy Spirit produces this kind of fruit. Mm -hmm. Not you work hard enough or you learn enough or you meditate enough. It's the work that the Holy Spirit produces. But we're not completely off the hook. I think that we have a responsibility to position ourselves And to engage in these practices that we've been talking about as a church this summer that allow us to be more receptive to the Holy Spirit's work in us. And this morning I was outside and I came in and I noticed there's a gardening tool right outside the window here. I don't actually know the names of very many of them, but it's like the three-pronged one. Um, My parents and my brother would be disappointed because I did do some gardening, but... And I, I just had this, this vision of like, you have to like work soil, right? I know that much, you have to, you have to till the soil, right? Um, and you have to get it, you have to cultivate it. There's this cultivation if you want things to grow. And I think that that is what the picture for me of that's the one of the parts we get to play in this, is we don't say, what virtue do I need to focus on today? I'm going to focus on self-control, I'm going to have self-control today. Like that won't work, at least for me it doesn't work. And so these are things that the Holy Spirit produces in in us, but we can ready the soil. We can put ourselves in a position to be more aware and more receptive to the work um, that the Holy Spirit wants to do in us. As Vanessa highlighted last week, one of our identities of followers of Jesus are peacemakers. And this is partly due because of the work of the Holy Spirit that that he's doing in us. And the fact that we are continually being restored Uh, more and more into the people that God has created us to be. And it is from that love that we have received from God and the grace that we have been given that that can overflow to others and that we can be better at helping them experience this flourishing of all they were meant to be as children of God. And so that overflow of what we have been given and what we have received is where I think the peacemaking for followers of Jesus really looks different. In 2 Corinthians 5, verses 18 through 20, we read, and all of this is a gift from God, who brought us back to himself through Christ. And God has given us this task of reconciling people to him. For God was in Christ reconciling the world to himself, no longer counting people's sins against them. And he gave us this wonderful message of reconciliation. So we are Christ's ambassadors. God is making his appeal through us. We speak for Christ when we plead, come back to God. Because we have been reconciled to God, we invite others into that reconciliation where true peace and true shalom is found. Because we recognize the image of God in ourselves and in all people, we fight to honor that image of God in all people. In Philippians 2 verses three through eight, we read, don't be selfish, don't try to impress others. Be humble, thinking of others as better than yourselves. Don't look out only for your own interests, but take an interest in others too. You must have the same attitude that Christ Jesus had. Though he was God, he did not think of equality with God as something to cling to. And this passage really lays out that, that God, he gave up his rights as, as Jesus, gave up his rights as God. And I think the next couple verses, instead, he gave up his divine privileges. He took the humble position of a slave and was born as a human being. When he appeared in human form, he humbled himself in obedience to God and died a criminal's death on a cross. Again, I think sometimes we hear this stuff and we're like, yeah, Jesus died. And whatever you think about that, and however you feel about that, it's kind of like a a given and I think sometimes we forget that like God gave up the privileges of being God to come to earth and not just to come to earth but to assume the role of a servant and to actually be killed by the people that he created and so when when Christians um, talk about entitlement or, or rights or things that we deserve it's hard for me because we follow a God who gave up all his rights and entitlements. And so if we are not marked by being people who give that up for the flourishing of others, I think we're missing who we're supposed to be following because there is no greater example of giving up what we deserve than what Jesus did. So again, as we live from that place, I think flourishing of others will result. And it it does have to start with us, it has to start with an understanding of who Jesus is and what that means for us. Where we get this this desire to make a difference, this desire to seek peace, if we do it without relying on God, without partnering with Him, without resting in the knowledge and experience of the shalom that He promises, it won't work, or at least not in the long term. I, I, we don't have to look very far. Um, I mean we're going to talk about me personally and all of us, but outside our doors, in our state, in our country, in our world, we see what happens when people um, seek peace without God, both in and outside of the church. When we're trying to make these solutions, they, they're close sometimes, and it's like, oh, that almost works. But, but it breaks down. The sustainability is not there. Eventually, those people that set out to do good take the power for themselves and they abuse the places that they've been given or the voices that they have, it it falls short. And in the church, we, we're we not much better. We see the same things where people use their positions of power. Um, and I think honestly, a lot of them start, like I think a lot of them really genuinely wanna help. They have this desire to to teach the gospel and to impact people's lives, but then they get caught up in the power or the fame or the, or the the bitterness and anger whatever it is that that sets that off and i think when we forget to partner with god each and every day and each and every moment and we're not resting from that place when it's not an overflow but it's something externally we're trying to do it's going to break down for me personally some of the places i go is i i do go burnout. it's like my go-to i take on all the the burdens and injustices and i think a lot and i like to learn so i learn about all the things and i get overwhelmed and then I, I, can't, I can't sustain the things I'm doing because it, it kills me because I don't, I'm not strong enough for, for any of that. Or I get really angry and bitter because there's all these issues and people aren't doing anything. People don't know. You know, I say something and someone's like, oh, I don't know what you're talking about. I'm like, what? You don't care about this? This doesn't keep you up at night? You don't fight with people about this? You know, like... There's this anger or bitterness and and anger can be a motivator and there's times to be angry, but that does not make lasting change. That does not bring peace. It brings more dissension and more division. Or I start to realize like, oh, this feels really good to make this difference. And like people think I'm great and it's bringing this affirmation or validation. And then it starts becoming more about me and this need that's being met through this good work I'm doing than actually the people and the work that God has. And all of those things are, again, it comes from a good place. There are things that we should be angry about. There are people that should be held accountable. Um, We need validation and affirmation. That's something that we're created for. But when we are not grounded, when I am not grounded, when I am not resting and remembering that it's a partnership with God, then those things get perverted in me and the the work again, it's not lasting and it's not authentic. It doesn't doesn't work. I forget that the creator, the one who gives value and worth to all creation is at work. And I think I have to do this or it becomes about me in whatever form I just described. And I think that the work of peacemaking is is hard. I, I know I don't have to, look very far in this room to find people that would agree with that because you're doing it. If you work in these intersections of the world where peace is needed, it's hard. If you're trying to bring cultural awareness and and equity or you're trying to work with anti-bias education, it's hard. If you're trying to care for children who have not been in safe environments, it is hard to see the pain to see the heartbreak, to see the way the systems aren't working. If you're trying to help people that are in the middle of addiction and, and experiencing homelessness, it's hard. Those things go deep. This work is not some slogan that we can just say, oh, we're supposed to love people. Let's go do this simple thing. It's a lot of work and it's discouraging and it takes all that we have. And so again, if I'm trying to do that out of my own strength, like I can't. It has to be the work of God in me and sustaining me. When I truly experience this peace and shalom, even pieces of it, I can't help but want that for others. So when I'm in that that resting place, it is a natural overflow, because how could I not want the people around me to experience this change? I know that, that all of us in this room, we have very different journeys. Uh, spiritually and, and in life. And that makes us come to Jesus and the cross and, and the Bible with all different sorts of perspectives. And I know a lot of us and, and the Christian, at least large pockets of the Christian community in the U.S. in the last few years have really been doing a lot of assessing. And what do we believe and what do we think and what is true? And I, I struggle with a lot of those questions myself, but I, I keep coming back to like, I, it's still Jesus though. And I don't know about all the, all the theology questions and all the things that I grew up with. I'm not sure I'd agree with them all in the same way, but I don't know anything else, anyone else that can empower and bring change in the way that Jesus can. And I know that it needs to be done differently, um, but I, it, I have a deep conviction still that that is the source of this true shalom and we could talk all day about how it's been done poorly and how it needs to be done better, but I am convinced that if we take Jesus out of the equation, we are gonna have empty solutions and we will create new patterns of brokenness even if it looks good for a little bit. And so I keep coming back to, okay, so what does that mean then for me? I have to be connected. I have to be putting myself in a position where the Holy Spirit can cultivate those virtues of the fruit of the Spirit and that will result naturally in the work of peacemaking. And it is good to focus on specific areas. And we heard um, about Solidarity's work last week, and we're going to hear this morning and next week about other examples. It's good to engage in specific efforts of peacemaking. But I think a lot of it just comes starts with us and our internal soul being at rest and connected with God, so that that overflow results. So to see the the image of God in others, I think, re- requires that. Two of the worship songs that we sang this morning really struck me. Um, one of them, you know, that one line says, Lord, have your way in me. Um, and another one said, I will make room for you to do whatever you want to. And I was like, "Ooh!" if I pray that prayer, I don't get to say, "Like, well, I wanted you to do whatever you want to in the way I wanted to, right? And that, the work of peacemaking is to say, I make room for you to do whatever you want to do. Have your way in me. And when our heart is positioned in that place, man, the world is gonna change. If we really woke up in the mornings and said, God, have your way in me. I want you to do whatever you want to with me. It would be so different. Flourishing would result. So this morning, it's really my prayer and my hope that we would take time this week to rest in what it means for us individually and collectively to be reconciled to God, to see the image of God in ourselves and everyone around us, to give the spirit space to continue to to cultivate the virtues of love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. And out of that place, may the overflow of our hearts result in the flourishing of others. I have a couple reflection questions just for us to think about. What is one thing that you can do this week to position yourself to be more receptive to the cultivating work of the Holy Spirit in your life? I don't know if you've noticed the last couple weeks, but we have some of these little cards out as you walk out of this room. And these are some of the spiritual disciplines that we've talked about, and this is by no means a comprehensive um, resource, but it's a place to start. Uh, These things will help you position yourself in a place where the Holy Spirit can do work in you. So if you don't know where to start, randomly pick up one of those cards as you walk out and start there. The next question is, who are some of the people in your life who you can partner with God in the work of restoration to bring about more flourishing in their lives. All of us have some relationship with someone and no matter how close or how far they are from you, I think that God desires us to partner in the work he's already doing in those places and in those hearts to bring their flourishing. So who is someone um, that you can really consciously work in that? As we think about these questions, um, I ask you to pray with me this morning. God, I thank you that you love us and that in this broken, confusing, chaotic world, you are present and you are at work. And I pray for myself and for each one of us that as we interact with the world around us and with our own brokenness and heartbreak, that you would meet us in ways that we cannot even imagine that you would make yourself real to us in those moments where we doubt you and doubt the whole thing and want to throw it out, that you would remind us that you are real, that you are love, that you are near. God, I pray that you would help us to position ourselves in a way that allows your work to transform us. And from that place, God, may we bring restoration and flourishing to the world around us, because that is your heart. And as followers of you, we want to reflect that in genuine ways. I pray that you would um, go before each one of us this week. Bring us the encouragement we need in the, in the places where we are working. Um, give us the challenges that we need in the places where that is appropriate. And help us, God, to be grounded in you so that we may bring about more of your work in this world.